Hey, 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 hey. How you doing? Happy freaking new year. We did it. It's 2020 right now. It's 2020. We made it. Um, oh, there goes my washing machine. I'm trying to do more laundry in the new year. Uh, so my clothes stay cleaner and I don't smell as bad. So today on the show, I am very, very excited to have Brian Dunn. Brian Dunn is a singer songwriter who has an album coming out on, I believe he said April 10th. I was very excited to talk to him, went down to the Newport Blues Cafe and Lounge maybe, or maybe it's just the Blues Cafe, but he was opening for Mr. Stephen Kellogg. Um, We're in a green room, so it's a little bit reverberant. There's a natural reverb in there, which uh, sounds actually kind of cool. Stick around for the end of the episode because he plays a song live in the green room, which is very, very cool. So yeah, I'll have all that information of what songs are in the intro and the outro in the description. So make sure you read that. How was your new year? How was everything? The last show of the year in Richmond was fantastic. Um, it was super duper fun. I It was kind of like running up really close to Christmas. So I, um, you know, it was nice to get home pretty quickly after the show because I had not finished my Christmas shopping. Um, so that's that. <clears throat> um, but I did. I finished it all like I usually do last minute and went to... Uh, Went to my uncle's for Christmas Day. We have Christmas uh, Christmas Eve at my parents. Um, we have dinner and stuff. And then we went to my sister's for Christmas Day. So it's a lot of driving around. Um, even living in Providence and being closer, it's still a lot of driving. Still a lot of driving. So um, that was fine, though. It was a fun, it was a fun couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, just played... With Dan Mills opening up for Monty R.I. at the Strand Ballroom in Providence, which was just one of the most fun experiences and one of the most fun shows um, that I've ever done. It was really, really exciting to play there in front of, I think it was like almost 1,200 people and... They were. It was like a high school reunion, pretty much. I felt bad because I didn't really get to uh, go out and talk to anybody afterwards or during the show because there was so much stuff going on. We had to do all of our, you know, be ready for the opening, and then the changeovers were really fast. Um, and then we did kind of like a like a marching band drum line in the middle of Monty R.I.'s set. So that was. Uh, really, really fun. It was a reunion show for them. They were just smiling ear to ear. They had all the same energy that they had 10 years ago. It's like indie rock. Um, I would, I mean, it's heavy music. Uh, Stevie Aiello is the lead singer for that band and he currently plays and musical directs for, um, the band 30 seconds to Mars, which I'm very excited because we got to sit down and also do a podcast. So that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, I'm also thinking about doing a live stream for, uh, one of these podcasts leading up to the rock boat. So if you have any suggestions or ideas for that, please send me an email at, um, 
afterthegigpod at gmail.com. We'll also be doing other episodes while we're down there answering your questions and hopefully getting a bunch of interviews on the rock boat. Um, I'll be getting a post-game interview from Eric Donnelly um, just to, you know, if he, that's if he can hold it together. That's if he can keep it together after his inevitable defeat on the basketball court. But we'll leave, we'll leave that for another time. That's fine. We don't have to talk about that here right now. But subscribe, download, rate, review the episodes. It it, it I almost said it hurts. <laughs> it's it helps. It helps a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, suggestions always send an email. Hopefully, uh, all of you Patreoners got your got your stickers and your notes and and all that good stuff. It was really a pleasure to uh, to write those out and to send them along. And thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, we're about halfway to the goal, um, so if you are thinking about maybe supporting the podcast or if you are curious and that's something you don't normally do but you just want to check it out and see what's around go to patreon.com slash after the gig um there's tier levels as low as two dollars and if you get in there um you'll be supporting the show and um my ability to you know get to places and get better interviews and and make sure that the equipment is running the way it should and, uh, and all that good stuff. So moving on, let me bring up my calendar really quick, man. It's just so weird to say 2020 we're in 2020 right now. It's crazy January. So I'll be doing an acoustic set solo at Devlin's restaurant on Thursday, the 9th. That is two days from now. Um, if you want to come out and see that, Come out. It's like dinner time, like seven to ten or so. Um, so I'll be doing that. There's food, great drinks, all that good stuff. So come out on the ninth. Uh, then the following week, we are back at it, man. I fly down to Richmond on the fifteenth. We rehearse and do some stuff on the sixteenth. Then we're in Durham, seventeenth, Charleston. On the 18th, 19th in Atlanta, Georgia, 20th, Orlando, Florida, 21st, Tampa, Florida, 22nd, Boca Raton, Florida, 23rd is quote-unquote off, and then the 24th through the 29th, I believe, maybe it's just the 28th, whatever, but that's the Rock Boat 2020, so, or the Rock Boat 20th anniversary, which will be great, get to go on a boat, get to go to some places down south and um and uh warm up warm up for for a few days which will be really fun um moving into february the other thing i'm doing a solo acoustic show at west street tavern on thursday the 6th which is in i believe it's in that's newton I'm pretty sure that's newton uh newton massachusetts so i mean I fucking live in Providence right now. I'm up there more than I probably ever have been. But anyway, uh, so that's that for now. So, yeah, I know uh, I mentioned that I have a announcement to make. I am not going to make it right now um, because I have to talk to someone about it really soon. 
I hate to be vague and uh, weird about it, but I just can't say anything until um, I get an A-OK. So I am going to wait on that. So stay tuned probably next week or in between then. Um, I may uh, do it on the Patreon. I don't know. I, I, I probably won't do it on the Patreon before then because I don't do the Patreon podcast until a little bit later in the month. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. I think I'm done with this spiel. Please enjoy this, uh, conversation I had with Mr. Brian Dunn. Um, I'm very excited about his music. I'm very excited about his tattoos. Uh, and it, it was, I remember that night being a really, really fun show. I went out there with my wife, Genevieve. Um, we always like to find an excuse to go to Newport, so we went down there. The place was across the street from from where we had our wedding reception. And uh, it's always nice memories right down there by the water on Thames Street. And uh, yeah, so enjoy this conversation. Enjoy the uh, stay tuned for the music after the episode. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you keep have <laughs> kept your New Year's resolutions for the first seven days. I am doing intermittent fasting and I have been doing it and I get so hungry at night. It's absurd. And I'm really hoping for that to subside very soon. Um, but yeah, that's my story. I'll tell you more about it next week. Please enjoy, uh, your week. Stay safe out there. Um, and happy new year. Peace. I don't know what happens next. Perhaps I'm stupid, but I thought more or less There'd be a lesson here for me to discern Maybe I missed it, or there's nothing here to learn But if you walk me home and let me ramble You might find a little comfort in the world I roam I wanna be your friend, don't let me end this night alone You can almost feel the anger in the motherless night As the gunshots in the projects accrue But I won't hesitate to take a bullet for you If you walk me home and let me ramble on You might find a little comfort in the world I roam I wanna be your friend, don't let me end this night Do you have siblings? I have a brother, yeah. You have a brother? Yeah. Okay. Was that, was uh, music for you guys 
a completely different thing? Is he into music at, at, at all? Or your parents, anything? Um, my brother is not okay. uh, a music person. Mine, my parents, isn't, mine isn't either. My brother yeah. is the least musical. I've never heard my brother sing anything. Yeah. I've never heard him carry a tune at all. Yeah. Maybe that's like, I don't know. My brother's 18 years older than me. So, oh, um, my brother's eight years older than me. Okay. Okay. So, but that's still not like, quite there, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely, and my folks aren't, uh, musical per se, but they had good, good stuff around, you know good what I stuff mean? Stuff around, like didn't deter you from, from doing this. No. Yeah. No. Great, great, um, stuff. And definitely a high value on, like reading, music, movies, art, books, oh, you know, okay. everything. Um, Did you read a lot? You read a lot as a kid? Yeah, I read a lot as a kid. You still um, read a lot? I try to. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a common denominator in good good songwriters is they read a lot. Yeah, I think, well, I think reading a lot is just good for anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I Man, I'm, I've been making a big effort to read a lot more. And it's mm-hmm. actually, it was actually since I met Steven. Mm-hmm. It's funny enough we're here now. It's like, it just... Whenever I'm reading like a little bit every day, mm-hmm. I just have better access to my vocabulary. I've just, you know, I can just think things through a lot better. Totally. And yeah. when I'm not, when my brain is like stagnant or when anyone's brain is stagnant, like I also find that I don't play the drums as well. Right. Cause you're not, you're not, um, the, the you're neurons not exciting the muscle. Yeah. The neurons <laughs> aren't pumping the way that you want them to. And yeah. And when you're actually, you know, actively thinking and working through things and reading and trying to interpret things, it's like, this is way better. <laughs> this is yeah. way better than not doing that. And then when it's songwriting, imagine it's easier to find the words you're looking for and make rhymes. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a good songwriter. No, well, um, <laughs> I think, it, I mean, you know, I'm not a good drummer, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a point. I, and you and I both went to the same school at the same yeah. time, right? You were yep. you were there oh seven or whatever. Oh seven to eleven. Yeah, Berkeley was, College of Music. Yes, we Boston, don't we don't tell people that that much, but that's right. You know, they make too much of a meal out of it. But uh, that's true. There I was, love how whenever you're talking to someone, like if you're at a gig or or whatever, and you never bring it up first, and like when someone alludes at it, it's like, oh, did you go to Berkeley? And then when you, it's like. Oh, I did too. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, thank okay, God we can okay, talk okay, about yeah. it. Yeah. People like, you're like, Oh yeah, I used to live in Boston. I, uh, yeah, I lived over in the back Bay area. Yeah. yeah I was going to school over there around mass Ave, you yeah. know, one fifty, somewhere between one forty nine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly. I've, I've had that conversation with so many people. It's, you know what? It's, it's not that I'm ashamed of it or anything. It's just that it becomes, it becomes the selling point. So, mm-hmm. so often, and people make too much out of it. Like you're some sort of like, trained robot and it's yeah. like i don't know you don't think that if somebody says they went to like uh stanford you know like if and they're a musician you know what i really think it I mean, is stanford's on a music school so that makes sense but. yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i think it, it really is why people kind of like dance around it mm-hmm. is because i think the people that didn't go there mm-hmm. want to know if it's if it was worth going there so when you talk about it you're like, oh yeah, I went to Berkeley, and th- since they didn't go, they're like, oh well, is that was that really necessary, going there and doing that? Which I think is a, f- a valid conversation yeah. because I don't personally think it was 100% necessary in my own experience. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way for everyone because I think everyone's different. Yeah, people have networking skills a lot earlier than others. Mine b- came much later than than they did. Like. 
you know, there were guys it, when, I, when we were there mm-hmm. that were just like playing with everybody. And I just wasn't that guy. I, I feel uh-huh. like I was more introverted during my time at Berkeley than I ever was at any point in my entire life. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I was it, very intimidated by the talent that was there because uh-huh. where I grew up, I was a, I was a big fish in a small pond. Of course. The uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went there, it was like a whole new world. So right. it was just, it was just crazy. Yeah. It, it was, I remember feeling very overwhelmed my first year and like spending more time with like, uh, kids that went to other schools in the yeah. area, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And I hung I, out with a lot of, a lot of BU kids. Like yeah. my band that I was in was all BU kids. Oh really? Yeah. I was so. over, which band was that? Love in Stockholm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought you guys were doing good. <laughs> we were, we were, I mean, we did, we did great. But as soon as college was over and everyone moved away, like our fan base just like dwindled, man, it was isn't, wasn't that a bomb. So that was, so that was, that's like a, a big moment in, in my experience. So, I sort of like I went to Berkeley and and the first year was tough but then the second year I started to like get some traction and start to like meet people and make friends and I became friends with some songwriters and started to like being able to book shows and and fill rooms and yeah. and I really thought that was like that was that was real and it's not that it was fake it happened yeah. but when I moved to New York after that thinking that that it, this would just be a continuation it would follow of that along. Mm-hmm. I Got my ass kicked so hard really? for like two years. Yeah, it was it was brutal. It was like the worst years of my life. Um, well, was it because you had to convince people, other people in a different place, in a bigger place to come out to your show when there's so many options? I think yes, but also I was misguided about the importance of the work I was doing in Boston. Oh, gotcha. The world... It, the world didn't stop for you in Boston, but people were excited if you had some sort of raw talent, something going yeah, on. Yeah, if you even just if you had a thing, they would they would come out because they were like, just want as an insurance policy, they'd be like, here, this kid's got something. Let's make sure if he blows up, we're on board. Yeah, I want to see know? what this is all about. And then in New York City, there's no love for raw talent. It's all about developed talent. It's Nobody, all about polished. Yeah, yeah, not even polished. Just like, just. They don't care that you wrote a song on an acoustic guitar and you think it's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're yeah. like, there's a lot going on here. There's 8 million people. Yeah. You know? Show us something. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was it was brutal, honestly. It was like... What's I, your experience like there now uh, after being there for a now. while? Um, I've been there eight years. Um, okay. And the funny thing... It, the funny thing is that New York is like that. Like, they they do actually want to come out and see, but it just, you have to go a lot harder Mm -hmm. and you have to do a lot more because it's a big city. Um, now I have a great experience in New York. What are some of the things you have to do that are different than, than, um, like what are some of the aspects of working harder? Is it just getting out there, like putting more content out to get people out to shows? Like what are some of the moves that you had to do? I found that like I couldn't get people out to shows in New York until I started doing shows elsewhere. Mm. And once I started developing like a touring career, Mm -hmm. people started showing up in New York because they wanted to know what was going on with tours. You know what I mean? They'd see that you were out on the road and then they'd come on out to the show and be like, oh, I saw you were out on the road. Yeah. It's like you have a thing going on. Exactly. And you're actually making moves and now we want to, you know. Yeah. Take you on as our own, like hometown kind of thing. Because I was fully, you know, and... 
And, uh, you know, I just like to share this because I know that there are there are kids right now that are, just came off the bus f- that are in New York that are playing at Rockwood at, like, 5 o'clock on a Tuesday. And they're yeah, like, man. how the fuck am I going to been there get to the, the top of this trash heap? And I still do that yeah, every now and then. Yeah. it's with the, And that's so funny there because, like, the daylight, it's, it's if you haven't been to Rockwood Music Hall, it's a room full of windows essentially and yeah. it's like the uh the daylight is blaring in it's like you're being confronted with your failure the best part about <laughs> playing a five o'clock show at rockwood stage one yeah is that overwhelming glare of sunlight yeah, you we- get a sunburn <laughs> at your show and they're like here's two drink tickets or a drink ticket yeah. and you're like man it's it's literally like it's lunchtime <laughs> yeah it's like so this is new york right yeah of course oh man I this have- is what i was promised by moving to the big city yeah and i you know i was so ready after after like too ready after school that when i when i got to new york it was it broke my heart so really deeply it was so as somebody plays the blues on the piano behind <laughs> yeah. me um it just i just was so destroyed over it and, and i know part of it was the naivete berkeley did a great job of building my confidence but maybe a little too much you know what okay. i mean okay in what way i mean i i th- when i got there i thought i saw this what i considered to be a hierarchy and then gotcha. through my four years there, I felt like I had uh, ascended. As- yeah. And yeah. I thought that that meant something. Well, I think it means something eh. in that world. It means something, but I mean, to kind of ascend as a, as a songwriter in that situation when there's so many other kids doing it, mm-hmm. I think is, I think is a big deal. You know, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of, if you're comparing yourself to like, you know, Jason Isbell or, 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 you know anyone at the Grammys or whatever? Right. It's a different situation, but yeah, I think I think taking that as like a win and and a, an accomplishment is important. Totally. You know, and I don't look back on that with a lack of uh, uh, of fondness, but yeah. I there were a couple of years afterwards where I was kind of like angry about how dumb I had been, where I thought like, oh, how could I have thought? That 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 qualified me for any sort of tangible success. I'm angry about how dumb I was every day. <laughs> I man, those were those were vastly squandered years for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved my time in Boston, you know, and I stayed. I, I lived there for a long time after. And mm-hmm. uh, but I just wish I'd, I I feel like I could have done so much more. And really? E- and even the yeah, and even the fact that I didn't know you or Liz or mm-hmm. or all any one of these people there. Just really kind of spoke to to me not adapting to where I was. I mean, not really even being able to adapt to where I was. Yeah. And I feel like if I were to do it now with the brain I have now, then sure, it would. You know, I would have a leg up. Right. Because I know what it takes. I know like what doing it means and uh-huh. and all that stuff. But and, and yourself included, I'm sure if you went back, you'd be like, I could take advantage of so many other resor- resources here. Oh, of course, yeah. That's that's especially practical resources. Practical resources. Yeah. And, I, and I think that is something that is vastly misunderstood yeah. by most people that go to Berkeley. Yeah. It's like you are in a place where you can just absolutely... You know, if you can create these relationships and put the work in and have people realize that, like, you're in it for the long run and you're not going to be one of these people that drop out after a semester and go Mm. sell insurance or whatever, it's like, 
you can you can really do some damage. Right. I. It's well, it's funny that you say that because I. It's it it's it sounds like you you wish you had been more confident. I wish I had been I abso- less like, confident. <laughs> I wish I wish I would would have like had some perspective on on what it meant to get the uh, the nod of approval from from people yeah. at the time where it, where it. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. So Stephen <laughs> Kellogg is in the room. Now we can't talk about Stephen. Oh, sh- here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that the new iPhone? Uh, iPhone 10. The newer. New for me. Oh yeah. no, that's uh, that's new. I think I have a six. Yeah. Mm. Yes, we please, talked about you do. twice already. You have? Yes, all nice yeah. things so far. So far, we're here. You're in the building. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> okay. Jess, no one likes this. No. Listen, you don't know what they like. You have no idea. <laughs> if yeah, if you're famous, it's it's charming. Get. <laughs> Get out of here. You're cutting into actual real conversation. Okay, right. keep it compelling. All right, thanks. Yeah. Fucking Jess. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, what were we saying before we were so rudely interrupted? Oh, um, um, confidence. Oh, confidence. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, I just, uh, I didn't lack confidence. I just, I just, my, my sights were set in other places. Like yeah. I was partying in Alston. I wasn't like yeah. doing my best to make sure I was completely prepared for my juries and, and I probably p- picked the wrong major. Like I was a business management major when I had mm. no, like I had really no interest. I did that as like, Oh, if I get a business, if I'm in that, I'll have a fallback and I'll know how this all works. I didn't know yeah. anything worked until I got out and started touring. Right. You know, and, and that was the real real education for me of course and i mean there's no you know and what you come to find out is there's absolutely no substitute for no but for a couple of years i think i was angry that i've because i felt ill prepared for mm. what i was up against and what i've what i've learned over the last 10 years uh is no one can prepare you for this it's just it's yeah. it's a crapshoot everybody's experience is a little different i mean we all like there's you know it's dressing rooms and venues and yeah. um, you know questionable rest stop bathrooms, but but <laughs> yeah. um, see more of those than I care to yeah. in- indulge. <laughs> but it's um, it's there's no everybody's path is different, and everybody has to you you just sort of have to know what's right for you. What does being prepared mean for you, as far as like you know you're you're doing a lot of opening gigs. You're probably doing a lot of house concerts and stuff. And not as much anymore, but, um, yeah, actually the first, so basically what, what happened was I, 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 the first two years in New York, I kind of like hung around, tried to get what I thought at the time was discovered, which I thought was a thing. It's not a thing. Kids, you know, a funny story (laughs) actually about being discovered. So Mm -hmm. the first episode of this and and a guy that I play drums for Dan Mills, Mm -hmm. um, we were playing Rockwood stage one Uh And there was a casting agent from from the Broadway show Million Dollar Quartet who uh-huh. was there, 
literally discovered. It was like one of those classic stories that n- never happens. I he, to- never. he told me that story. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh, that's right. You guys hung out probably at the at Pat McGee's thing. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And then and then my buddy Anthony got signed to New West at Rockwood One too. And I'm like I'm like you guys are ruining the the yeah. narrative that I've like constructed. This, this does not happen. Yeah. This does it's, not happen. It's not it's not something. It's like banking on winning a thousand bucks on a scratch off. It happens, but it, right. don't uh, don't don't put a down payment on the house yet you know exactly it's like being one of those people that hangs out at the at the convenience store that gets scratch tickets right. all day every day and is banking on that to work out right. for them and you can't yeah you can't you, it's not a good business model no and and there will be um, um amazing seemingly magical things that happen but you yeah. have to start doing it you can't just wait for somebody to come oh to yeah get you, you got to be in there you got to be talking to people playing mm-hmm. a lot you got playing a lot good songs and yeah you know and, and so the first two way. years i was definitely like i was like hanging around rockwood bitter end kind of just like playing whatever songwriter circle two songs here two songs there, okay. waiting for somebody in the crowd to just come up and be like i'm so-and-so like the <laughs> the guy in Hi, Wayne's World. Dunn, I'm, <laughs> I'm a man in a suit and i want to give you a record deal. exactly and so when I realized I wasn't shaken out, what I, I started booking these DIY tours and they were okay. mostly comprised of house concerts in the beginning because I figured out that like, even if these people, cause usually a, a house concert for those who don't know, it's like, you know, you play in somebody's living room. It's usually a fan that yeah. puts together a show, but well, like, I didn't have any fans. So I would go on other people's websites and all house concerts had an RSVP email for the host. And I would just email that email and be like, Hey, I do house concerts too. Any chance you'd want to have me in? And I'd go to like play for these complete strangers who had no, no understanding of my music. And they pay, they'd pay me like nothing. Cause, but like you add up nothing 10 times and it's a little something and then you turn it into something a little bit more, man, that's smart. Uh, and that's, that's, (laughs) that's something that, a lot of people don't understand because a funny thing, uh, actually it was probably one of my Berkeley teachers. It was like, if you want to play the paradise, you go up to the box office and be like, Hey, how do I play here? And I mm-hmm. thought that was the scariest, most ridiculous thing I had ever heard. Mm-hmm. And then like one day I didn't do it at the paradise cause I, that's crazy and would never happen. But <laughs> like, you know, you go into a place that has music and you go and talk to the owner and be like, Hey, yeah, I, I play, I, w- I want to play here. And then usually they're like, all right, well send us an email and then they never right. get back to you. And then you go in For and, sure. and you try to keep it going. And well, I think a lot of people, when I, when I at least like occasionally I'll, I'll give people advice, even though I probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, but what I find that people do is they, they, they ask a, like a couple of venues if they, and it's like, you got to be asking like hundreds, hundreds. To, to mill. It's like you're, you're, it's absolutely a numbers game. Yeah. You got to like, if you want to book a tour, you got to like, you're going to be hitting up like 50 venues in, yeah. in Charlotte asking if they're available on that night before the evening muse gives you something, you know what I yeah. mean? So you're booking like when you're booking DIY tours, you're yeah. doing, you're doing, uh, some house concerts, but what else yeah. are you booking? Like, are you trying to find like restaurants or actual venues? Like, what are you trying to, well, how it's is, is it only by yourself? Well, how sort of transition. I, it, this was probably, like I want to say like 2012 2013 and I was doing a lot of it with my buddy Ken Yates okay um who's a great singer songwriter and we would put on these nice house shows and like he would bring in a Bose tower and we'd like set up our merch and be pretty pretty good yeah Um, and most nights I would say like on average we'd split like 400 bucks so 200 bucks for each of us and we do like we go out and do 10 shows it's two thousand dollars I mean living in Brooklyn is not cheap but it was it was fine like you could so um and what it, what I started to realize was as I would 
some of these house concert venues like sort of doubled as like, yeah, they were in people's houses, but they were a little bit more established. And they would have me like, they'd be like, well, why don't we have you open for a bigger act? And then, um, and so what happened was slowly through that, I sort of transitioned into opening for people and I realized I could hit more people. You know, because at these house concerts, it would be like 30 people a night for right. 10 nights. And if you and, open for somebody, it's maybe you're in front of a couple hundred people. Yeah, maybe 300 people in one night. I'm like, yeah. that's... And my goal has always just been to, like, share the music with as many people as possible. I'm just right. like, well, this is just a a sheer number of... uh, You know, this is just not economical. I can, right. I can, I can hit more people. So I started reaching out to talent buyers at the venues and asking, like, if I could snag the local support slot on like like a Justin Towns Earl gig like there's always one like dangling off the schedule yeah. that doesn't have an opener. It's like I some, need some somebody and then if you if you're the squeaky wheel you might yeah. get that grease you know. Yeah exactly in the tertiary markets and and the goal was always like look I'm gonna go do this gig in fucking the middle of nowhere and yeah. they're gonna be like oh are you from around here and I'm gonna be like no. <laughs> be like, well what are you doing out here I'm gonna be like I came to open for you for yeah. $75. Yeah. Um and the, the hope was that they would hear my set and take me on the road. Right. Um, and that's kind of what I've, that's what I've done. Like I, that's totally what I, like I've toured with a bunch of acts that that's how that happened. Yeah. They, like they put me, they threw me on one. I did a good job. And they're they like, took come me back. on four more. I'm easy, you know. Dude. That, and, I mean, that's the way that, uh, that's, I mean, what, so what other acts have you been like opening for? Well, first of all. Have you been, have you seen like returns as far as opening for someone and then maybe booking your own show in oh, the same yeah. area? You know what I mean? Again, a lot of this, this was years ago. So now, yeah, now I headline a lot of the venues that okay. I opened at. So you're seeing, you're seeing that yeah. now. And all the while, you know, building, building elsewhere, but it's just like, you know, I, that was, that was the clawing I had to do for the touring. Okay. And then, um, musically I, I made a record right when I first started touring, it wasn't, it's not my favorite record. It was a good start, you know? So why isn't it your favorite? Like, I, I remember Liz talking about how she really didn't like wait lists. And oh, really? Yeah, and how she mentioned that it was like, it just seemed like an eh, kind of in-between thing. And I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always find it interesting, like artists, how they're like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Like, why didn't you like that one? I... I just think I was, I, at the time, I was just trying to get out of my life. Interesting. And I think I was just painting with a limited amount of colors. What was going on with, like, with your life? What do you mean by that? I was, I was like, I was playing in a wedding band in, okay. in New York, and I just, I just needed to get out of there. Okay. I was like, this was like, I was 22, 23, and I just like, I was going to kill myself. Like, I was yeah. like, this was not what I'm supposed to be doing, but I needed to pay the bills. And I just was like, I need to just make a good songwriter record and get out on the road. Yeah. And so I did that. But what I hear when I, what I listen to it is like, ah, I, I think I have a lot more to offer than like just a songwriter, just a guy who wears yeah. hats and sings songs about <laughs> trains or shit like that. You know, like there's two <laughs> trains on that record and that's too, too many. You know what I mean? But like at the time I was like, I thought that anything involving, Playing your own music was was the a beacon of integrity. Okay. And now my my definition of integrity has shifted. It's got to be uh, on a certain level and and keeping pushing forward. But I think I'll always feel that way. Yeah. You know, uh, right now I've got I'm sitting on this new record. I think it's I think it's my best work. Um, That's awesome. And, and and immediately all the records behind it get pushed back. 
Well, you know? <laughs> I think. Well, I think it's important to to look forward constantly yeah. and and do that kind of thinking. But like, for, yeah. well, so now that you mentioned your your new record, I really really like the social media stuff like the, oh, thanks, the videos and the and the photos and the stuff like i really really like it oh thanks man. i think it's really really cool thanks that's well you know the social media thing that's a whole other ball game right that's like the yeah whole... that's a thing that's like a nut that no one can really crack except for no. like you know quote-unquote influencers that are making a like five grand for for a post or something. I mean, good but for them. Good I for think them. the pro. I, well, I I would I would do it. Yeah, if I, I had came, a million followers. God knows. I I came to it all of it very late because like I think there was a little bit of like pride with the vanity, like holding back on the vanity of it when it first came out. Yeah. And but speaking I, of like integrity, there's a right. thing like I don't want to constantly put myself out there, right. and I don't want to feel like I feel like I'm sell- not selling out, but like feel like I'm being yeah, no, disingenuous. It or, felt like a, like when in when 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 the platforms came around and like well I mean Twitter's been around since like 2007 or whatever but yeah but the the, the early years of that I considered myself like a person that wouldn't do something yeah like that. I mean same here me yeah. too and I'm now I'm like I love it it's the proverbial <laughs> rooftop by which we have to yell that we have made art that's how I think <laughs> yeah. about it yeah totally so I try totally. to keep it loose and light and fun and and make sure that I'm I'm being clear that my intention is to share with people what I, that I'm making stuff. Yeah. I'm making stuff and I'm excited about it and okay. I want you to hear it and this is my poster. What excites you most about this? I don't know why I said most like that. <laughs> uh, what excites you most about this new record? Um, um, I just think it, it's... it's um, there's a joke going around right now that's like that's like my least personal work yet. No, uh, but like it's my most personal work, and I just I think this record is is the thing that I've been trying to say forever with yeah. music uh, about how I how I see the world, and I think that if you see the world the way I see the world, that you'll connect with this record. Okay, and I think that I was I was really focused on writing by the book good songs mm-hmm. in in on like my first EP and my first LP. I just wanted to write songs that anybody could sing. Okay. Like, you know, like I kind of like I don't know, I wanted to write like Amazing Grace or something, some song that was so classic. Yeah. Or We Shall Overcome or something that would be hard to not be able to sing. Yeah. You know, yes. like you hear it and you're like and you have to sing it. Yeah, something that just felt like it had been around forever and yeah. now I actually kind of want that's the a lo- opposite. That's a lofty goal. Yeah, and what I what I ended up coming up with was at least how I feel about them is a lot of songs that were neither here nor there. Yeah. And what I want now, my, my maybe this is just I don't know maybe it's just the uh, the cocktail of drugs I've taken, but uh, the uh, <laughs> what I want now is to write songs that only I could have written. You know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. So that so that, like you hear a song by me and you're like, oh that's that's a that's him. That's he only that's, he could have written that song. That's a Brian Dunn song, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. So how do you see the world? Uh, I mean, a lot of different ways, <laughs> you know, I mean, it depends, you know, it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the titles of the songs? Uh, the album's going to be called selling things. And that's, there, that's a song on okay. the record. And the track list is there's two singles out now. One's called Harlem Overdrive. The other is called nothing matters anymore, which you will hear probably in the beginning or after, or, or well, you, you'll probably play one of those. Or yeah. I'll, I'll do one of those. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, and, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just a take on the the whole album is just sort of a take on everything that's going on now and mm-hmm. how I feel and what I think of 
the way things are going down, both like, you know, socially, politically, emotionally, you know, I think, I think I've always had like a heightened empathy for, for just people living normal lives because I think that life is something that we're, we don't ask to be born. Yeah. It's incredibly, it can be incredibly painful just to be alive. And I, Mm. I just want to be, I just want to share my heightened sensitivity to that for anybody, even just like the mundane pains of everyday life. Yeah. And I don't think like, I'm also, I'm done with like needing to wrap my stories up in a bow. I think just sharing little vignettes of how sadness or pain manifests Mm -hmm. can make somebody feel less alone. And that's the ending of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I articulated that quite. I think you did. The way I, I mean it, but. And the way I can kind of like, I don't know, the way I see that and the way I, I think I interpret that is like, you know, we travel around the country a lot Mm. and you see a lot of things like Mm. people's lives in Indianapolis or on the East coast are much different than people's lives down in El Paso or, or in San Diego or whatever. So like you see that in, in San Diego, that there's people that are choosing to either be homeless or mm-hmm. they ended up there because they're on drugs or whatever. And their life experience is so much different than ours, right. which is supposedly the right life experience. And, <laughs> and I, I, you know, inherently disagree with that because yeah. everyone's life experience is a life experience exactly. and there isn't a right or wrong one. And I think that we put put that on each yeah. other which creates pressure and which creates you know fighting whatever you know so it's like i th- i think that's a i think that's a great way that you look at things and i think i think people being opened up to other people's lives and mm. realizing that there is a different way to do this thing yeah and and maybe providing a little bit of a window into that is like really sweet and like really yeah um really nice well i just i guess i just want to like i just want to make people feel better but not by telling them it's okay because sometimes yeah. telling somebody that it's okay when it's not makes them feel when they worse. don't believe it yeah and it can make me feel i've been in audiences where i'm standing in the crowd and i'm listening to the singer and he's saying everything's gonna be okay and i'm like Is i don't though? feel that way tonight and mm. i've now somehow feel more alone yeah and so i just want to share you know like all the the dark corners that i find so that other people that feel alone don't yeah. have to feel as alone. Yeah. Like I think that believing it's just, I don't know, just, just talk, just getting into this thing about not feeling okay. Like knowing that you, you can like sit in a place where you don't feel good when, when things aren't right and know, like have hope mm-hmm. that they will eventually be there, mm-hmm. but still be okay with the fact that they're not right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was <laughs> that takes some therapy, right? Yeah. Totally. Um, to 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 learn to not try to con- not try to course correct everything. Yeah. And just know that, like, all right, this sucks right now. Yeah. So this is happening, and maybe maybe tomorrow I'll figure out a way to get out of this. But today I'm I'm gonna feel like shit. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the the one of the the changes, especially on this new album that that with my writing, where I, that definitely on the last couple records felt the need to tie things up 
uh, thematically. Yeah. And just just like as a storyteller, you just kind of like want a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, totally. But I don't feel like that anymore. I kind of just want to yeah. share, like, and, like I just want to populate my songs with the things that make m- me feel like I'm seen. That you want to talk about. Yeah. And then are your songs sh- like shorter as a result or... Is that um, is that just like maybe a them- thematic thing? Yeah, more thematic because the, the, actually this record is pretty. Uh, every song's pretty. Nothing, nothing's coming up under three at okay. least, you know. So, yeah. um, no, it's just yeah, um, it's just a different style of writing, and it gets me excited, you know, because that's yeah. I want to keep being a better artist. I want to, yeah. you know, that's that's the main goal here. I want to yeah. get better. I want to keep like I want to. I want to be great. You know, yeah. like I want to be like the greatest. Has and getting married uh, affected your writing and your um, maybe just like like approach to to doing what you do? Um, or is it ju- or is it just like now you just have a teammate that's got your back? Well, we've we've you know we're married, but we we, but we uh, don't like each other. <laughs> no, no. But we've been <laughs> we just got married, but we've been living together for like seven years okay you know so um but i feel like when you get married there is there is this like kind of like magical fairy dust that gets that gets kind of sprinkled over the two of you yeah it's definitely like it feels like you know the the glue has set yes and um I mean, I think because it's going to take a legal document to to make it not <laughs> to take yeah. that glue apart. No, and uh, well, and no, it's a good question. Uh, I was just trying to think if it. I hadn't thought about it this way, but any sort of stability, I yeah. think, is is a good thing, especially in in this life of just craziness. Especially for a singer songwriter, I feel like when my head is clear, that's when my my like people. There's this like I think it's a misconception that you need to be miserable to create great work. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's actually quite the... I think being miserable once you come out of it will give you something to talk about. Yeah. But I don't think you need to create any misery because it's coming. Like, it's coming whether you like it or yeah, not. Yeah, that's just life, man. Yeah, but when you're truly miserable, you can't put on pants. How are you going to write an album? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? An album is a is an optimistic undertaking. It's yeah. saying, like, I'm going to do the... Unth- I'm going to take 10 stories and put them out into the world, 10 poems, and yeah. hope that people are into that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm like gonna get up and do something. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Cause yeah, if you're miserable, nothing's happening. You're like, fuck. What do I do? Yeah. I'm just gonna watch Cheers. What's on TV today? Right. <laughs> Speaking of Cheers, I love Cheers. Cheers and Cheers is my go-to sadness <laughs> show. Norm. If yeah. If I'm sad, I'm going with Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got you know not to go completely. Whatever. We'll talk about Cheers for a second. I uh, I got into Cheers like, ooh, that's some feedback. I got into Cheers like hard the mm. in, last year well because it's all on I netflix wa- now it's all on netflix now and you're 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 a new englander so that's like an extra yes. added cheersness and i prefer cheers before woody harrelson and before um christie alley christie alley wow i really enjoy those early episodes okay i like i'm not saying i don't like it but i feel like the later it went on it just became like this I don't know. I really like people I, sort of become caricatures of themselves. Exactly. They, they get they get yeah. too into the the char- like they know what the character. I mean, that, that's yeah. every TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. You what's the, what's the old bartender's name? Um, uh, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get. So we don't have to. Yeah, but cut I, this part out. Yeah. We, we, don't tell anybody we don't know that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I like Cheers a lot, but anyway, I I don't know. I just I find myself as as a quote unquote songwriter. I find myself having a hard time 
like finishing thoughts and finishing some songs. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear you say that you're taking like um, taking like these bits of ideas mm-hmm. and turning them into turning them into songs and just making those complete thoughts and having a bunch of little ones and yeah. and kind of like is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, I, I've definitely been writing like in the I, there was a point where i was trying to take on the, the entire meaning of life with every song and trying wow. to like get to the bottom of it bring like bring every little thing yeah into, were then, there like a ton of lyrics and you're trying to like yeah just and you're just trying sift to sift through everything yeah and, and you're just like it's just like you'd listen to i'd listen to the demos back and i'd be like what the fuck am i getting at here like you know um and where then, am i going with yeah this? like what am i a shaman or some shit <laughs> I, but um yeah the new stuff is definitely like smaller in concept yeah and i think when you do that you can reveal something much bigger you yeah. know, um, and I'm just excited by that because I feel I feel my best when I'm challenging myself as an artist. Yeah, you know when I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone, and that was something that was really um, that was a big part of this album. The producer Andrew Sarlo um, really pushed me on. Just like yeah. every every sort of gimmick I would use, he would he would call it out and be like. Do a song that doesn't have write, okay. write me a song that doesn't have one of those. Okay, you know, yeah. write me a song that doesn't say anything positive. <laughs> you Interesting. Know? And yeah. I would be like, as a songwriter, I'd feel really excited by that because it gives you, um, it gives you focus when somebody sort of gives you an assignment. Yeah, you know, like when when I think when what people find so daunting about writing songs is when you're staring at a blank sheet of paper you're like this could be fucking anything right this you know like you're like uh, do i go with tangled up in blue do i go with a day in a life like this could, this is <laughs> yeah. too yeah. humongous of a task to take on yeah and then when somebody goes like i need one in c you're yeah. like i can do that you're like yeah <laughs> then it's then we're he's the director and i'm the screenwriter yeah and he's telling me we need a scene I have a place like, to right. start. I yeah. can I can develop this. I have a little, a box to work in. Yeah, yeah. And he and I actually he, he do you know did you know him at Berkeley, Andrew? I um the name sounds really really familiar, mm-hmm. but I'm blanking on the fa- I can't see his face right okay. now. But so um, he's, he uh, he's produced this this latest record, and he's 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 a great producer. He did all the Big Thief records and okay. uh, Nick Hakim stuff, and he he's. Um, he's just like a brilliant, brilliant okay. guy, and just what, what were some of the things and like uh, kind of ways that he got those songs out of you, or, or got uh, like the production? Did you guys team up on that, or did he have like a real vision for your songs? He did. He he wrote like he wrote like a, almost a soundscape journal for it all. Really? Uh, yeah, it was so great to have somebody do that because I felt like I could for the first time because I've I've kind of produ- he's he's worked on the other records but I've sort of been in the producer's chair okay and that was sort of a control freakishness yeah. thing and he he was able he what what I loved about this time is we just went back and forth like no ego involved he would be like this is a good song but we're not we don't need it yeah. you know and like th- th- there was a point in my career where if I wrote a good song, it needed to go on the record. Right. You know? Right. Because, like, they just were not in abundance. Yeah. <laughs> and at this time around, it would be like, it, it, I wouldn't take it personally if he was like, oh, no, not that song. I'm like, all right, I'll just, I mean, it's not going to, I'm not going to have to light it on fire. It still right. stays in my back. I could play it at a show or whatever. Right. But it's not the song we need for this record. It, right. And so back to the drawing board until I had the record. Yeah, man. You know? Do and you, I just felt so excited because every day was just like, all right, I'm going to make another pot of coffee and see what we got. And see what we come up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's really 
that's really the answer. Like yeah. is just getting up and brewing the coffee and sitting yeah. down with a guitar and just fiddling through until you come up with one thing and then, and then that snowballs into something else. And, yeah. um, do you have like a plan, uh, of action for release and like touring and stuff? I know you already have two songs out. You just said that. Yeah. So we're, we're rolling out singles. To, it comes out on April 10th of okay. next year. Okay. So we're rolling out singles all through the winter and, and, and into the spring when the album comes out. Okay. And so there'll be five singles in total, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, that seems that's more than half the record. <laughs> it's nine songs. The record is it whose idea was that? Um, it's the well, I'm working with this distributor called Tone Tree. Okay. Um, and no, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, uh, actually, I think um, Liz is. Well, I don't want to speak for her. I think she's going to use them as okay. well. <clears throat> they're yeah. sort. They're 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 pretty good. Um, they've they put out a lot of uh, somewhat popular songwriter records, if if yeah. you will. Um, and they, they they made they made a good point in saying like in the way people are consuming now you kind of like need to be hitting them over the head yeah. to remind them that you got a record I'm, I mean yeah. not not like the big Taylor Swift could drop a record right now and it would, no the, I know the, but you need like but I don't I can't <laughs> yeah well I mean not many people can do it like that but you know you have to be out there and really selling it and yeah for in sure. people's minds and. You know, and that's that's the hard part. That's yeah. So we're gonna, we, you know, we, we're starting a, a like a like a, a I hate saying the word campaign, but like a campaign at the top of the year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> doing interviews, and in the meantime, getting ready for that, I wanted to just, I kind of wanted to like talk to you and yeah, talk to a few different people and just talk about <clears throat> what it's like to be a musician right now. I think that I yeah. could share some some insights that would make people feel like yeah, you know. That so they've got like? a teammate. Well, it's like it's it's like this, man. Yeah. No, it's it's usually shittier than this, honestly. This, this is, is actually like, nice. Well, just to let people know, we're at what's the name of this place? Uh, Newport Blues Cafe. We're at the Newport, the home of the blues, the Newport Blues Cafe. In I don't Newport, know how Rhode this Island. is the home of the blues. Yeah, the home of the blues. When, you guys remember when John Mayer invented the blues, right? Yeah, yeah. back in Fairfield, Connecticut. <laughs> um, I listened to that. Yeah, um, yeah this. This seems like a like a cool spot. I'd never I'd never really been to like anyone's real show in Newport other than yeah. like the the folk or or uh, yeah. you know jazz festival or whatever. But nobody really plays around here. I know, right? I find it so hard. Even even playing in Providence, like Carbon Leaf doesn't book shows in Providence just because you know we we book shows in Fairfield, Connecticut. Which, I know, which we doesn't play make Fairfield. I played Fairfield like so many times, it, which doesn't make sense to me <laughs> because it's like just go to New York, right? You know, but you know what it is? But people won't. Yeah, I just I think uh, I think especially sorry to anyone that lives in Fairfield. No, 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 no. We, I, love, I love Fairfield. <laughs> yeah, um, it's got great that super duper weenie place. That's a great hot dog That's right. place. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, I think that anytime there's a big there's a there's a bigger market it gets it can be a little daunting just because there's so much going on like every time yeah. i play nashville it's a fucking disaster you know dude anytime anyone plays nashville it's a disaster <laughs> i don't know some people have great some people yeah. have great shows in nashville yeah it's i've like, seen some great shows in nashville but you sold 100 tickets but there's 200 people on your guest list yeah <laughs> no i would love that but usually it's like it's usually like my all of my friends are like sorry man i'm out of town i'm out of town i'm out of yeah. town and then i find myself and i'm like what the fuck am i doing here yeah yeah I've been every time I go to Nashville, it's like I try to get people to come out, but there's always some fucking excuse or, right. or something's coming up. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it takes to get people to come to a show in Nashville. You know, the, the further I go with touring, too, I, I just 
there's no, there's not as much, you think you can logic your way into a good tour, but there's just like, yeah. sometimes Monday night in the middle of nowhere sells out, and sometimes Saturday night in, you know, New York City is a bust. It's destitute. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so weird how that works. Like, when we tour, you know, like you said, like Mondays or Tuesdays are, have been some of our best shows. Right. And then that antis- anticipation leading up to Friday or Saturday right. is too much, and there's too much hype, and then right. and then it doesn't lead up, uh, doesn't live up to your expectations. Yeah. So and, and it's there's, just there's towns that I love that I consistently have had shitty shows in. There's towns that I don't love that yeah. are have been like the best markets for me. And I can't even get a cup of coffee there, you yeah. know. But yeah. it's it's that's I that's that's been the hard part is well, not the hard part, but a hard part. You just have to let go and know that if like if you're playing the music, like it's part of a greater mosaic, right? You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be right. Yeah, it's gonna you be get good. up there and you play your songs, and hopefully you make a little money so you can move on to the next place and yeah. afford to keep the lights on. Yeah, but you have to keep it simple because if you get too into the if if you get too into the like the logic of it, it won't make any sense. Do you ever does um, doubt in playing music ever creep up in you? Like, are, do you ever have the thoughts like, like, eh, I'll give this, I'll give this a couple more years? Uh, no, that's probably like like a pretty psychotic thing because it, it should, it should, <laughs> it re- yeah. it should reasonably. Yeah. Um, and I I was saying this to a friend the other day. I think think that like. If you're an artist, you, you there's some part of you it believes in magic, even if you yeah. consider yourself. And I'm a realist. not saying this because I think that you should. Give <laughs> no, this it's, it's okay. I couldn't if I tried. That's the truth. Because man, it you is know? it is something that I that I have thought about. Like I I got to a place where I was like, I don't I don't know if this is working out. But yeah. it was also it was also before I started working hard at it. Right. So once I started being like, you know what, I'm doing this. Right. That's when that's when it was fine. And I'll, I will I won't go back. So. Yeah. It's anyway. Let me, I just wanted re- to. I just wanted to clarify that I don't think that you should. Hang no, it no, 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 no. Trust me, I'm not offended. Um, I ha- I have never had any doubt about what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, plagued with doubts about every aspect of everything, but right. overall, I have never doubted that I wanted to. That I was a lifer, just because I think I, on some level I have yeah. a mental issue. That's <laughs> and that's the truth. Like I think that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And, and wrong with everybody that does this. That Every, you would believe that everyone in this place has problems. Exactly. Well, because uh, because especially like when you're about to put out a new record, yeah. I, I talk uh, incessantly with my friend Kenny about because he's putting out a record with the same distributor. Okay. And you're constantly jumping without a net, and jumping without yeah. a net is a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. And so far, the net has always caught me. Just at the last second, the last second, I'm like about to, I'm about to blow the whole thing, and then they add it to XM Radio, and yep. I'm like, oh, we got a song. But you ad- know? admittedly, like <laughs> you're not like if you if you release a song and and maybe it doesn't get received well, uh-huh. it's not like that's it. You no, know, you just do get another song, so, mm-hmm. so or write another song and just keep at it. And and there are intangibles, and there are things that yeah. you don't realize that are working for you. That that don't come up for three years that don't don't surface. Well, that's a crazy thing when it yeah. comes to music because I've had conversations with people, you know, like you said, like a couple years in advance, and then one day you get an email, yeah, and it's like, oh, this is fucking cool. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna open for who? Where? What? Yeah. That's amazing. And they're like, you know where I saw you? 
Yeah. And they're like, I saw you at the, the Southgate House Revival for t- for nine people in 2014. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, and my God. I thought God. you were great. <laughs> but that's kind of that's kind of like the everyday like discovery thing. That's like the real musician thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have I've played soul crushing like a acoustic solo gigs playing mm-hmm. covers and a couple originals whatever at uh-huh. a bar and then you know someone came up to me and said how much they liked it and they yeah. grabbed my card I'm like they're never going to contact me and then maybe six months later yeah I get an email and they're like I would really love if you played my party or something yeah. like that and yeah. I'm like wow that really panned out yeah so I don't know it's it's just a weird it's a fucking weird I mean business. it requires a weird belief in like that something's going to break your fall. Yes. Cause, cause if you honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, if I actually added it all up, like it shouldn't have worked so far, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I should have run out of money or, yeah. or like what I, but like something always caught me and not Fight like, or flight. yeah, not, and not like some, like it wasn't like I, and my folks haven't had to bail me out or anything like that. It's never been like that, yeah. but it's, it's been pretty dire. I've eaten a lot of tuna fish, you know. I eat a lot of tuna fish too. <laughs> I mean, I, I like tuna good. fish. No yeah. hate on tuna fish. But, but you look great. Thank you. You're it's doing great. great. Skin. Tuna, tuna's working for you. Thank you. I'm a little hungover. But. I will. <laughs> I will say you do have some of the best tattoos in the game. Thank you. I appreciate. I'm not really showing them off right now. But well, it's podcast. You got, the, you got the ring tattoo, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's so we don't lose our rings because we lose everything. Do you got? You have rings though. No. No, just that we just got the tattoos on our fingers. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I got. I actually just got a new one. I got a coffee cup on my my arm. Well, huh? you can't see it. I'll no, show I you. No, I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> I went in with this. Uh, so you got the well. You got uh, Elvis. Yeah, I got well, Elvis, which is incredible. I got Coney Island. I got an old postcard of Coney Island, and I got this coffee cup that I was. That I was, it's like the Greek, New York Greek coffee cup. Okay. And I was just like walking around with it and I went into the tattoo parlor and do asked you have, the guy. Do you have plans like filling out the arm with just, I see, I love it when people have tattoos that are like little stand, like Me too. standalone black and white. Yeah. Um, uh, Lauren Pritchard. Do you know who Lauren Pritchard is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lolo. Yeah. She, she has a lot of tattoos like that. They're just like linear tattoos. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of them, like random ones. I think that's like the coolest like way to do it. Yeah, I I like that. Not I, like, and I love uh-uh. I love like a, a a great traditional like Japanese tattoo like sleeves yeah. and stuff like the beautiful colors and uh-huh. stuff. But there's just something about the standalone black and whites that, yeah. that are just like really cool to me. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> I like I lo- I feel like they represent like. I don't know, a time, you know, here's a moment, here's a moment. Like I was like 26 and I went there and I went out and got wasted after, you know, and that was, that was that day. Do you you have any that you regret? Um, none that I regret. Um, or any that you're like, that could have been different or better. You know what, how I feel about all of them is at one point, like I'll hate them because sometimes I look in the mirror and I hate myself. You know Come what I mean? On. Come on. So I feel, no, anything you attach to your body, it just becomes like, it becomes you. It's like how you feel about yourself. Some days you look in the mirror and you're like, yeah, I'm all right. But then some yeah. days you look in the mirror and you're like, I fucking, I need to lose 10 pounds or whatever. It's you know? Fucking... So it's, that's how you, end. and the first one, when I got the first tattoo, I thought like, oh, I fucked up. Cause, and yeah. then I realized as I got the other ones, like, oh, it's just, this is a me problem. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> I don't have any, and I've, I've always wanted one. Yeah. And whenever, um, John, the bass player in, in Carbon Leaf, he's always like, we're getting tattoos. He mm-hmm. goes, let me know when you get one. We'll get matching tattoos. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I like the idea, but I'm just, you know, yeah. I actually even have like 
credit for a tattoo shop of like one of the like a world renowned tattoo artist oh, really? who's based out of Richmond. His name's Jesse Smith, uh-huh. and he's been on like Ink Masters and all that stuff. And yeah, and John's gotten tattoos from him. I, I go to his shop all the time. We get dinner together all the time, cool. and it's like, and I just have this not uh, not like at my dis- at my disposal, but. Uh-huh. But he was—he will tattoo me if I want—if I want him to. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, uh, should I do it? Well, you know what? If if I can encourage you, okay. it's not as big of a deal like as you think. Like you are gonna be looking. I know closely I'll do it. I know I'll do it, and I'll be like, I what? What did I wait for? And then I'll want to yeah. get another one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And there definitely is some weird like like there's an addiction ritual where you do feel the need to get another one because I swore I was getting one. Yeah. You know. Um. But I think that. It's not as big of a deal as you think. Like, people aren't looking at you going like, oh, that guy's got a tattoo. Like, everybody's got a fucking tattoo. Yeah, I don't <laughs> feel that way about it. it it's, I don't know. I, I've had, I had like a weird, like, just weird hangups. Like, not wanting to like, I don't know. It's just internal uh-huh. bullshit. That, that is the reason why I haven't gotten one. But I, I feel like the older I've gotten and the more, mm-hmm. I don't know, more like not don't give a shit, but. I guess uh, yeah. The more I just don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like well, I'm like I want to put I want to put a, a piece of artwork on me. You know. Yeah, I, I want, and I, I when I see people with <clears throat> with them, I think, oh, that person's not taking themselves too, ser- or too like, seriously. Too seriously. So yeah. then what? You know, then like the times where I like you know got one and thought like, oh, I don't know about that one. I'm like, ah, it's not. It's not what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's about. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have like an over overriding theory about it. I just think it's good, good fun. Yeah. You know, my my par- parents hate them. Your parents hate them. <laughs> they I feel fucking like hate them. I feel like they're just supposed to. Yeah. I feel like parents are supposed to hate tattoos. I just tell them I'm decorating the, you know, the body. I just, you know, been here for 30 years, so yeah, might as well put some furniture in. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Like what? Uh, what else? Um, we've no, we've we're I, past that, an hour. Yeah. It's that's, that's it's after cool, six. Man. It's after six o'clock. If if there's anything yeah. you want to, uh, these I know these guys are gonna start running tunes and everything. Yeah. So. No, that's cool, man. I think we I good? think we did it all. We want to go up to the green room and play a song where it's probably quieter. Yeah, let's try to do that. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, this is the new single. It's called "Nothing Matters Anymore." It goes like this. Here we are at the brink of who knows You got a good idea, Romeo I lost faith in luck long ago I guess I just switched teams My Aunt Alice used to work for the Stones Now she sits around the house alone Playing Scrabble on her telephone I don't know what that means out in front of the drugstore lights We're getting drunk on a Tuesday night You do whatever you want with your life I'll do whatever with mine It just works like that You learn to live or it breaks your back I believe Mark Twain said that Is that right? Oh yes, I'm sure I used to worry about the way I talk I used to think about the way I thought I used to talk about myself a lot But nothing matters anymore I 
truth is relevant Just look at the president Can you believe this shit? And all the while I was thinking about This girl I met outside a bar downtown She'd been giving me the runaround I was waiting for the hint She said she lived in L.A. But now that all of her debts were paid She'd probably move to New York someday If she could only swing the rent Oh, it just works like that You learn to live or it breaks your back I believe Rick James said that Is that right? Oh, yes, I'm sure I used to worry about the way I talk I used to think about the way I thought I used to talk about myself a lot But nothing matters anymore Some days you wanna give up And get a soda with your big kid lunch You oughta supersize that Oh, you've been gunning for the prize And I know it's hard You got a cynical mind And a big bad heart, it's true Ooh, that's what I love about you As I used to think about the way I thought God, I was a goddamn bore I used to think that I could steer the plot But nothing matters anymore I used to worry about the way I talk I used to think about the way I thought I used to talk about myself a lot But nothing matters anymore Nice. Thank you, sir. That was great, dude. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was fucking, that was cool. I like that song a lot. <laughs> oh, thanks, <bro. laughs>